Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, we're going to talk about rookies a little bit, but tonight we're going to talk veteran stock up and Dynasty veteran stock down. I'll tell you who's always a stock up and a stock buy. This man is hotter than Dogecoin. His name is Jerry Sinclair, but you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, what is going on? Nothing, man. Listen, it is rookie draft season. Excellent intro as always. I am worth probably less than the 51 cents that Dogecoin is. And listen, I finally dove into a little bit of that uh, this past week. My friends have been trying. I did it. Listen, Randy, rookie drafts, NFL draft was this past weekend. Holy hell. It's been a busy weekend. I had my birthday, so I was allowed to draft. That was wonderful. 33 is about the most depressing birthday that a human being can have. You get absolutely nothing for it except for older. It's horrible. Hey, man, I would uh, I would love to see 33 again. Um, <laughs> maybe one day I can cut my current age in half and I can get to 33, but... Man, so it's Doge. I've heard Doji. I, I, I've heard I, I Doge, no and I've heard I, I, I've heard several, several pronunciations. As long as it keeps going up. So me and some buddies, uh, we all have. Speaking of birthdays, we all have January birthdays, and we were watching the Seattle Los Angeles Rams playoff game, and we all invested two hundred bucks in Doge. I'm gonna go with Doge, Doji, uh, Dogecoin that particular evening. And uh, I have only sold a few of mine. I still have about 20,000 of those coins 
And I, I guess the big time to sell will be this weekend. I guess Elon Musk is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. I expect a big bump. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have them diamond hands, Jerry. I'm going I'm to turn, turn my doge loose. And uh, I'm, I'm going to reinvest in a podcast maybe. So, uh, I mean, let's jump into this. First of all, if you want to support the show, we are going to talk about some sponsors throughout the course of the show. Trophy Smack, Viridian Global, Hate Brand Goods. But the easiest way without reaching into your pocket is to leave us a five-star review. Rate, review, and subscribe everywhere. That is a tremendous way to help the show grow. Um, I hate to say Apple, but it is Apple. They are the straw that stirs the the five-star review drink. And we did get a five-star, so I want to read that one real quick. And it says, Great Dynasty Podcast. Shout out to Pete for sharing his story and faith. Respect. And that was from DSSNYD22 via Apple Podcast. And that goes back to about maybe three Sundays ago where Pete Law jumped on with myself and Dallas, and we talked uh, about rookies and running backs and things like that, but he also shared uh, his journey. So go back and find that one. That one's a really good one. And uh, while you're looking, again, hit pause and just slide over and leave us that five-star. we got to get to 200. There's only a handful of Dynasty podcasts out there that even have 200 reviews, Jerry. I mean, maybe we can shave your beard. Can we shave your beard? We can go beardless? Beardless, I do. I do have a Ninja Turtles onesie. Maybe I'll do a podcast in a Ninja Turtles onesie. Well, that would also help the YouTube. So if once you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and leave a five-star review, then you're going to have to go over to YouTube and subscribe with notifications turned on. So when Jerry does this podcast in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles onesie, you will not miss out. Um, and the other importance of the YouTube is that if you ever go to watch or I guess listen to the show on a podcast and it's not there on a particular Wednesday, that is your second point of reference because we're about 150 straight Wednesdays in a row at this point. And if for some reason we're not here, there's probably a damn good reason. So you can always use YouTube as your backup as well as all the other shows that we do here on the DWZ Football Network. Now, Jerry was too good. And by too good, I mean he was busy working last night when myself Jake and Kyle from the FF Smackdown, uh, Dallas from the Rookie Rundown, and then Tyler and Lou from our DFS show. That'll be uh, a 16, I guess 17 plus playoff week season long DFS show. They were all on there with us and uh, we did a two round one QB mock draft. Jerry, did you check that out? I did. I was actually watching it a little bit earlier while I was at work and doing some dishes. It sucks that I missed it. Um, that's the problem with Mondays is I always get stuck with Mondays, but you guys did good. Nothing was, nothing was super crazy. It's been a weird draft. This is a weird draft class. You know, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. We've, you know, not loved a lot of the depth, but I think it went pretty chalk for the most part. You know, for me, I have never felt less inclined to get involved in a rookie draft. Normally I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I'll move my future first. I'll, I'll trade up. I'll trade down. I'll trade back. I have, I mean, outside of the top 10 picks and a tight end premium super flex and the top six picks in a one QB, I could really care less this year. I'll just, whatever picks I happen to have, uh, there's a couple of guys that I really love. If you go back and listen to the Sunday solo podcast I did on the rundown because Dallas was tied up. 
I mean, I'll tell you some of the guys that I really like and why. Like um, Elijah Moore comes to mind. Amari Rogers comes to mind. Listen, Elijah Moore has really been growing for me too. I don't know what it is. I just maybe it's because everybody on the draft day was really loving him too, and then he's in a a system that's going to be conducive to him just getting peppered. I don't know. I, I I'm sort of in on that too. It's weird. Like I said, though, like, you know, it's not a draft class that we entirely love. So I've just sort of been taking one share of everybody. Like, I'm just I'm sort of hedging my bets everywhere. I'm diversifying fully on those. You know, when I get stuck with the the 110 to like the 207 or 208, I'm just every single person. I'm going to just grab one share of each of them. Yeah. And uh, I actually got a share of your boy, Amon Ra St. Brown. I think the two guys not getting enough love. That if I'm stuck in those middle rookie picks that I absolutely don't mind drafting, it is Amari Rogers and it is Amon Ra St. Brown, just because there, there's value there. I know people are probably worried about Rogers losing the other Rogers, and it's A Aaron to A Rogers. Um, now Aaron Rodgers on the back of his jersey because of Amari Rogers will be A A Rogers instead of A Aaron. If you get it, if you know, you know. So, and if you know, you know about the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Uh, we onboarded a new Patreon today. I'm working on getting him in the group chat. His name is Jeff. Jeff, if you're listening, be on the lookout for that email I sent you because the Patreon messaging system was a little weird. I'm going to try to hit you up from there as well. But, Jerry, what are the two V's of fantasy football? That's value and volume, my friend. You can go either order. I think volume and value rolls better off the tongue. It sounds better phonetically. But, hey, you know what? It's volume and it's value. And right now the group chat is on fire. I have literally, you know what the best part, and you know what else has really taken me out of action in my own rookie drafts? Is helping all of our patrons at patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone all the dms all the instant messages i spent 20 minutes on the phone with one of our patrons the other day and i it's it's like you get to live vicariously through it you know as a dad of a little leaguer and he's not a little leaguer anymore hell hell my son's 13 years old and is the same height as rondale moore there's a fun stat for you Uh, rondale can out squat him for now but uh (laughs) it's 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 interesting to live you know like vicariously through him and try to go back and redo the things. And, and I get to live vicariously through our patrons as we get to help them, whether that's in the group chat, whether that's in the DMs, because all the moves they're making, I feel like I get to be part of those moves as well. Uh, on top of the extra podcast, I do every Thursday. And uh, that's the only place to find our rankings, at least my rankings for now, Dynasty Warzone, uh, over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And, uh, Man, now is the right time to jump in with a great group of ladies and gents, and we'll help you get through those rookie drafts. And here's the best thing, Jerry. So I've gotten some some DMs, and I've gotten a couple recently. I'll share one I got today with Steve. He was like, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, I got one from Thomas. Thomas is like, hey, man, I know you're super busy, but thanks for always being there. And that's what it's about, man, is helping people. It's not about getting rich. If we were trying to get rich or making a living off this, we would charge a lot more like our contemporaries that are charging eight, ten, twelve, twenty, thirty dollars a month. And that's their business. How they get along is how they get along. We're about the value. It keeps the lights on here at the Dynasty War Zone. It keeps us in streaming service. Fancy banners in the background for both Jerry and myself. They don't grow on trees. And that's the other way. If you want to go the, the premium route to help out Jerry and I, and we try to give you a lot back in return over at patreon.com 
forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So enough promoting. We're, we're, we're right at the mark, Jerry. You ready to talk some veteran stock up or stock down? Yeah, and we're at the time of the year when the draft absolutely solidified a lot of these names for us. So let's get into it. Which which side do you want to go first? Are we going we going up where we we shitting on some people? Well, I, I like to have my I like to have my dessert for like a main course. So and part of the reason and why you're we not wait, Odell Beckham, so it's not the shit. Oh, hey, whoa, hey, oh, he he's number one at being at handling number two. Um, we'll, we'll start with with stock up, and part of the reason why we waited until after the rookie draft is because the rookie draft and free agency are both over by and large. So there's not a whole lot that's going to change these guys' outcome. Now, um, if Aaron Rodgers were to get traded to the Raiders, to the Broncos, somewhere along the way, that, that would certainly change some things for some guys. But this is as Jerry and I see him today. And Jerry, I'm going to go first. I actually traded for another share of this man before we hit record and before we went live on this very show. And it's none other than Sam Darnold. Um, this man, This man reminds me... Um, as like, uh, the guy that like these little orphan Annie, he was living in an orphanage and in swoops in daddy Warbucks, we'll call him David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. He swoops in, you know, Sam Darnold went from Bashad Perryman and I uh, hurt Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder and Frank Gore and Adam Gase. And now that was the poorhouse, And now he's in the penthouse. Now he's got Robbie Anderson. Now he's got DJ Moore. Now he's got Terrace Marshall Jr. Now he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Matt Rule. He's got Joe Brady. And, and uh, Jerry, have you ever had like a really good three-day stretch in your life? Yes. Oh, yeah. Have you, I believe they, they call that a bender where I'm from. Well, you know what? Sam Darnold had a hell of a three-day stretch. So in the course of about three days, they traded Teddy Bridgewater, so there's no quarterback controversy. And I'll be honest, this next one, as a guy who's heavily mortgaged on Sam Darnold shares, you know, I knew he had to fade Justin, uh, Justin Fields at the 108 for the Carolina Panthers. A little bit of a sweat, but they picked J, uh, J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son, the cornerback. So crisis averted there. And then they picked up his fifth-year option. So Sam Darnold went from a one-year to a two-year asset. No competition. It's his, it's his quarterback room. And... He's got all these premium weapons. And in this very same offense last year, so Teddy Bridgewater, who was never thrown for more than 15 touchdowns in a season, Teddy Bridgewater scored more points per game in this offense last year than Baker Mayfield did in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski. Let that sink in for a second. He scored more points per game than Baker Mayfield. And he did score less points because he played one less game. He missed a game due to injury. And... But he was the QB 19 on the season total. And I would not be shocked if we look back a year from now and Sam Darnold finished in that QB 12 to 15 range. And that's a solid QB 2 in your super flex and two QB league. So, Jerry, you know I love him like a son. Uh, me and Sam, maybe I got a thing for redheads. My wife's got red hair. Uh, my, my love of Carson Wentz goes without saying. Now we've got Sam Darnold. But fuck you, Andy Dalton. I want no part of you. So there you go. So it's not a pure redhead thing. It's a, it's a Sam Darnold thing. Jerry, what do you think about Sam Darnold, and who's your first stock up guy? I, I, think, I think it's a good pick. Like, How do you think it, it could possibly be bad for the man? Like you said, got rid of Teddy B. Added a wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey is there compared to 
P. Ryan that was at the Jets. Adam Gase isn't his coach anymore. He's got innovative offensive coordinator and a head coach. That's easy. And here's the thing. We're going to find out extremely quick if he is going to be the guy of the future or if he's the same guy that he was with Adam Gates and the Jets. So cool with it. Love it. Uh, should we go quarterback also? Yeah, we'll we'll follow it up. I'm going to go with Tua. Here's the thing. People were thinking that they were going to replace him. They were going to trade for Deshaun Watson. They might, you know, when they had the third pick, they would take one at three. They didn't do any of that. They didn't bring any other competition in. They got nothing. It is Tua. It is that guy's job. They brought in Will Fuller. They drafted Jalen Waddell pretty damn early. I thought for sure that was not good. That was the the surprise of the first couple of picks for me. They drafted uh, Liam Eichenberg in the second. 6-6-306 tackle. Top O-lineman in the ACC. Finalist for the Outland Award. Like, holy hell. So you got him an offensive lineman. You, you brought in two wide receivers. He's going to grow as a quarterback. And here's the shit narrative that people don't ever want to talk about. He wasn't actually bad last year. I, I I don't understand where this is coming from, where he wasn't Patrick Mahomes and he wasn't Kyler Murray. So everybody thinks that the man just became awful. I'll never understand it. I don't understand it currently. And he only gained things. He He never, there was no hit. Really, so I, I am all aboard the Tua train. I think he's an extreme value in Dynasty right now. It, a lot of people have that same narrative where they took him at 102. He didn't really perform like an elite 102 Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray-esque talent. And there's a whole lot of new shiny toys, aren't there, Randy? Especially right now, so people love them. I'll take Tua over a lot of the guys. Like, I'll take two over Mac Jones, and I'll take him over Zach Wilson. I mean, the other three guys are tough, but they're right in there. You're you're pondering. You're giving me a wise Socratic thought process right there. I was was listening to you as as you were saying the guys you would rather have him than. So when I was going with Sam Darnold, um, I actually had this conversation with my buddy Izzy over from the Dynasty trade calculator team. And I'm thinking about Tua, and I'm thinking about Tua the same way I thought about Sam. So people in our patron, they were asking me, hey, wh- where do you have Sam? And I'm like, well, if he was in this class, he would be my personal QB4. Just from a dynasty standpoint, I would have it as T-Law, I would have it as Lance, Fields, and then I would have it as Sam Darnold. So that means I would have the three quarterbacks, the three running backs, Najee, Etienne, and Javante Williams, plus Kyle Pitts ahead of him. So if I could get Sam Darnold for the 108 or cheaper, then that's the price I want to pay. And I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I, I think I would feel the same way about Tua. If I could buy Tua just for a pick in Dynasty Fantasy Football, I think the 108 or later feels like a value. Um, now, unlike some of the other, you know, rookie quarterbacks like Mac Jones, like Zach Wilson, their leash may be a little bit longer. If Tua fails this year, then Tua's done. Miami's going to have the draft capital in 2022 to move on. Or I could see Miami with a really competitive roster, if Tua fails, bridging a guy like Derek Carr or someone of that like in 2022. Uh, But, yeah, I I feel like that's a safe range for Tua. If I wanted to acquire him for rookie picks, I think I would give up around the 108 or later. I would still rather have the big three quarterbacks, the big three running backs, and Kyle Pitts. 
But man, if I could move a, a 108 or a 109 or 110 and get a Tua share, and, and this is Mr. Anti-Tua, by the way, and Mr. Pro-Sam Darnold, but I'm also going to be realistic. Jerry, you know what I hate? Uh, Me? Uh, um, I, I, I hate people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. And if you know what movie that's from, we can be friends. But no, what, what I hate is people who only see sunshine, rainbows, and optimism on players they like. Like you hear people talk about, well, uh, I know Lamar hasn't thrown the ball a lot this year or the last two years, but he, he could add more volume. I agree. He certainly could. Or Jalen Hurts, you know, he's not going to complete only 52% of his passes this year. But that same person will tell you that Sam Darnold sucks. He's always going to suck, and he's the suckingest suck that ever sucked. Same thing with Carson Wentz. They can never see how they'll turn it around, and I'm not that guy. I'm not a Tua guy, but I 100% believe there is a world where Tua can be just as successful this year as my man Sam Darnold. So, yeah, either Sam or Tua, I'll uh, I'll give you the 108 or later, and I'll gladly take either in a super flex over the, the unknown. My next guy, Jerry, I'm going to go hometown homer. I'm going to go Michael Pittman Jr. They brought in zero competition, 0.0 real competition. It's basically Michael Pittman Jr., it's Paris Campbell, and it's T.Y. Hilton. Now, they did put a second-round tender on wide receiver Zach Pascal, but Pascal and T.Y. Hilton are on one-year deals, and this gives him a chance to really solidify himself as the alpha in this offense. This is a Colts offense when they've just had serviceable. And I don't want to be besmirching to Jacoby Brissett. I like Jacoby. He seems to be a really interesting guy. I, th- I think he's a flat earther, if I remember correctly. Certainly certainly Ew. an interesting certainly an interesting follow on Twitter if you're not following Jacoby. But the last two times the Colts have had good quarterback play. So three years ago with Andrew Luck in twenty eighteen, and then last year with Phillip Rivers. Both guys threw for over four thousand yards in this offense. I'd like to think that Carson Wentz will be somewhere between 4,400 and 4,000. Those are the numbers Luck and Rivers put up. And I don't think it's a stretch to ask Michael Pittman Jr. to pick up a 1,000 uh, a of those yards. I think he's going to have his first breakout season with 1,000-plus yards. I think he'll be in the neighborhood of 8 to 10 touchdowns. I'm a little hesitant to call for you know, more than maybe 65, 70 catches. You know what? I think 75 is fair in a 17-game season. That's just that's just a tick over four a game, or just a uh, yeah, just a, just a hair over four, maybe four and a half a game. And I really see some big games out of him. And uh, for that reason, man, no competition, uh, improved quarterback play, or at least sustainable quarterback play. Man, give me uh, some Michael Pittman Jr. I know last year you were a Pittman Jr. guy. What do you think of Pittman? And then uh, hit me with your number two. I am, and he's just a value because who the hell's talking about him? You've been hearing a lot of Michael Pittman buzz on Twitter lately? You've been hearing a lot of podcasts talk about Michael Pittman? No, you haven't. He's the exact guy you want thrown in. Listen, you get you get into that the, that second-round range where you don't give a rat's fart about anybody that you're going to pick, I bet you can probably get Michael, Pitt, Michael Pittman for it because people love shiny new things. I'm, I'm about it. I'm with you, and here's the thing. It's one of those situations that you're not going to invest heavily in, so if it doesn't work out for you, where's where's the risk? It, it, it's like Dogecoin. Okay, you know, you, you put 100 bucks in it, but how, how much are you really going to lose on it if, if it's only worth 50 cents? The sky is the limit for you, and I think that's the well, same well, thing I'm, with Michael and, Pittman. And, 
in fairness, I'm not going to lose anything with my Dogecoin because I've already cashed my initial $200 investment out. So as a poker player, you will completely understand this term. Playing with house money. I'm a, I'm on a complete free roll with my Doge. There you go. So so I, I've got my my initial $200 investment back in my pocket, and we're just going to free roll uh, with these diamond hands. So same thing with Michael Pittman, though. I'm I'm on a free roll with Michael Pittman. That's what I'm saying. It, it, this the the risk is minimal. The reward could potentially be great. But my guy is. I don't want to surprise anybody where I'm just picking the guys from the 2020 class that people are not super excited about. Uh, the guys that at the end of the season, everybody liked to poo-poo, even though, you know, you saw Cam Akers do these exact same things, except for he did it at the end of the season where this guy did it at the beginning of the season, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see. They traded for Orlando Brown, a monster left tackle from the Baltimore Ravens. They drafted a center at the end of the second, Creed Humphrey, third-team All-American, Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year. They also drafted a 6'5", 320-pound guard out of Tennessee, first-team All-SEC, which is a pretty good conference last time I watched football, his last two seasons. They brought in, what competition? Nothing nothing worth a damn. What, Jarek McKinnon? (laughs) I don't give a damn about no Jarek McKinnon. Listen, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is in a great spot. It got even better because they watched the Super Bowl, and they went, never again. And they addressed that offensive line, and they didn't bring in any competition for the man, and it's always, always, always going to be a conducive offense for running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, easy winner. Once again, why talk about him when you can draft Javante Williams instead? No, thank you. Like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be my RB2 in this class. Obviously, I would take Najee ahead of him just because that Pittsburgh spot is also just as good as Kansas City, and I think he's a better prospect. But after that, give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I would bet my bottom dollar that there is a lot of trades you could do if you if Travis Etienne or Javante Williams were on the clock and you would rather have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that you would be able to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Randy, I know he's your man, and I, and I, I do want to have an entertaining podcast where we don't just agree with each other. Oh, Clyde Edwards? I, I love Clyde Edwards. Clyde That's Edwards what I'm has saying. Been, has been a buy for me uh, since this time last year. I was trying to buy him when he had the ankle injury last year. Had, had a very, very quiet, good season in Kansas City. Uh, First-round draft capital. And... You know, Andy, I mean, I, I hate the coaching narrative because it doesn't always guarantee success. It's not always A plus B equals C. That's that's a lazy narrative. But I will say, if there's a year to get out ahead of Andy Reid running backs, it is before they go into year two. And I agree with you, Jerry McKinnon's not a threat. And, you know, we're going to talk about some other guys here in just a few, but the James Robinson situation from last year and situations and, and Christian McCaffrey's 2019, it's so anomalous, man. You know, so few guys get a 92, 94% snap share. And if you have them in a redraft, you're totally fine with a 92 or 94% snap share. But if you're a dynasty GM and you need these guys the last three, four, five years, if you're lucky, you don't want a 92% snap share. You want a 70, 75% snap share. You know, that way, you know, it's just like your car. It's got that little gauge on there. It's called the RPMs, and you can't run that some bitch all the way up at the six thousand for a long extended period of time because something's going to break. 
It's the same thing with your running backs, man. I don't mind that they brought in a little competition. I am all about Clyde Edwards, Elaire this year. All right, I'm gonna give you one last guy. This guy, um, if I had my soundboard uh, fired up, I'd hit you and put some respect on my name. Damian Harris, man, and, and and you know what? It's double. It's double to the moon if Mac Jones ends up being the starter, because we all know when you have a mobile quarterback, they're a lot less likely to check down. Not that Cam can't do the check down. Cam had a great year or a partial year with Christian McCaffrey uh, before injuries really sat in. And this guy played 10 games. He fought some injuries last year. But in 10 games last year, he averaged 13.7 rush attempts per game. And, you know, the Patriots had the most opt-outs in the league. And two of their eight opt-outs, one was tackle Marcus Cannon, and the other was fullback Danny Vitale. So they're, they're going to get uh, some key players back. They brought in a lot more uh, talent. Like, that would be the term I use, talent in this offense. And they play a bottom third of the league strength of schedule. Now, I'm calculating that strength of schedule based off their 2021 opponent's 2020 win-loss record. Uh, I, will final, I, I will start using their projected win total as strength of schedule here in a couple of weeks when the NFL schedule comes out. But for right now, he plays, we'll just say a bottom half. That's a fairer way to put it. He plays a bottom half strength of the schedule. And Sony Michelle and Ramondre, Steven, whatever the hell his name is, they're not threats. This guy is, is going to be a great play. Now, again, if Cam is the quarterback, I do worry about Cam vulturing some touchdowns. And I worry about um, some receiving work. But if Mac Jones, the very statuesque Matt, Mac Jones is behind center, Dude, to the moon for my man, Damian Harrison. This is the low-key teammates reunited that you've not heard about. You've heard plenty about Waddle and Tua. You've heard a lot about Hertz and, and Smith and even ETN and T-Law. But we've not heard enough about these two being reunited from their time in Alabama. Jerry, is there a sneakier sneaky buy than Damian Harris right now? I don't know. Sony Michelle, man. No, nah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, Randy, flip me off if you're on podcast form and not on YouTube. That was a joke. Don't actually believe anything I just said. Him, him, and Miles Gaskin. Look, and Miles Gaskin isn't my guy because uh, obvious, but great call though. Great call every, mentioning Gaskin. Everybody last year at Miami was 100% going to take DeAndre Swift or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or something, and then you know Travis Etienne or Javante Williams was going to go to Miami this year. And Miles Gaskin just keeps chugging along. They just they they did nothing. So he would be another guy. But the guy I actually picked is DeAndre Swift because was I really going to go through an episode without talking about the Detroit Lions, ladies and gentlemen, because they actually had a draft that was not complete and utter abysmal diarrhea. It was good. They finally, finally got an elite talent to drop to them. They got Panay Sewell, one of the elite offensive line prospects that has been in the draft in the last decade. And DeAndre Swift is going to reap the rewards. They brought in no competition. I don't want to hear Jamar Jefferson as an undrafted free agent or Rakeem Boyd or any of these. That's what they did. Those are your running backs that they brought in. They just brought in way late day three guys and free agents. They didn't do anything. You know, they could have been taking running backs in the first round, like another team that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Frank Ragnall's there. Taylor Decker's there. Now they got Panay Sewell. The offensive line is going to be good. 
Jared Goff is not all that good. They are going to have to rely on DeAndre Swift. Listen, I'm I'm all about it. I don't know how much his value will actually increase because he's already to the moon and everybody loves the man. But I think his production is getting closer to actually meeting the hype that has brewed since the man became an NFL player. Well, well, first of all, I was listening to, uh, I want to think it was the three and out podcast. It could have been the GM shuffle. And they were saying if one team drafted the guaranteed hall of famer in this class, it was the Detroit lions. And a lot of those people that are out there talking shit about the my about the, the Detroit lions, they're moonwalking off those takes faster than Michael Jackson, because the Detroit lions had a great draft. Uh, we're not going to talk much about it. I talked about him again on that Sunday podcast I did with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, it's a great audition year for Jared Goff. And people are like, why did they pass on Justin Fields? Gang, he, there, there's the new model. There is the model that works in the NFL. You know, the, the Colts have done it, or at least are attempting it with Carson Wentz. The, the Panthers are attempting it with Sam Darnold. You're, you're seeing the Dolphins do it with Tua. You're seeing a lot of these teams, you're seeing the, the Niners do it with Trey Lance. You're seeing the team set the table first, getting the offensive line in order, getting the skill position in order, getting the defense in order. And then what do you do? You bring in that, that quarterback on a cheap deal that allows you to continue to support them. And, dude, I think, I think your Detroit Lions had a hell of a draft. That one guy, Levi whatever his name is, he just like, he's just like I just like beating people up and making them feel like shit. Yeah, I was, I was like, gonna say he he used a, a few more four letter words than you did in that y- quote. Y- yes, but. he yes he did, and you know what? I love it. I love the nastiness. You know, Panay Sewell says when I come off the line, I'm coming off the line violently. You know, it, it, it sounds real funny when we make fun of the guy who's a good soundbite. Dan Campbell's a great soundbite, yep. but you know he's a motivator so far and going to be an interesting leader of men. And I'll tell you who's a leader, Jerry. Not just a leader, but an industry leader. And that's our friends at Viridian Global. They are the leader in fantasy football-related apparel, including the Dynasty Warzone merchandise. We are going to take just a second to hear a word from our friends at Viridian. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself. And our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V E R I D I A N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and then you'll see all the t shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at viridianglobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. 
All right, big shout out to the friends at Viridian Global. They still have several bits of our merchandise, including that hat that our good friend Jerry is rocking live here on Twitter and YouTube. Jerry, you look like a million bucks. Uh, the apparel right. looks like a million bucks. You go over to viridianglobal.com, search the Dynasty Warzone shop. But I'll tell you who doesn't look like a million bucks. You know what? I'm going to let you go first. I went first in the last series. I'm going to let you go first in this second series. So uh, who, for you, was a stock down? Who took a hit based on some combination of free agency and the draft? I don't think there is any possible way I could not mention the ultimate loser from the NFL draft. Because I have sat here behind this microphone for months saying that they would not do exactly what they did. I don't really know why. I thought it was a weird move, as I have made many arguments about before. But the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer selected Travis Etienne in the first round of the NFL draft, which absolutely crushed the narrative of James Robinson, my hero, savior, and deserves a sculpture outside of my house. (sighs) So here's the thing. I don't think he's dead. I don't think you think he's dead. I don't think anybody really thinks he's dead. I don't think anybody thinks that Travis Etienne is going to show up into that spot and James Robinson is going to mist away into the air. He's not. This man had 1,400 yards in 14 games and 10 touchdowns. He is going to get a roll. And right after the draft, Urban Meyer said that Travis Etienne is going to just be a third down back, which is the biggest crock of shit that I have ever heard in my life. You do not take a running back in the first if that's what he's going to do. Eventually, this backfield is going to be a majority Travis Etienne's. And the vomit that is in the back of my throat as I said that sentence really is horrible. But it's reality. But Randy, we were talking before before we hit. So I, I know you have some takes on this situation. Let's get into it. Cause you know, we, we like to we like to spitball a little bit before we talk. Because because we're gamers. You know, we we play this game, we live this game, and we all go through the same pains. So uh, talk to me about James Robinson. Talk me off a cliff, talk me off an edge, talk me from stopping myself from flipping this computer off of this desk. Well, don't do that because without without that computer, we can't do the show. So we need the show. So first first question: um, Would you, would you consider Kareem Hunt a usable dynasty and redraft asset? Yeah, of course. Well, then then explain to me the difference between James Robinson and Kareem Hunt. Look, dude, I get I get it that a week ago that James Robinson was a lot closer to Nick Chubb yeah. than he is to Nick Chubb today. He's more of a Kareem Hunt. But we always knew this was a possibility. This was always, and I'm one of the OG James Robinson truthers, but I traded a share to you. I had started parsing out my James Robinson here or there. I didn't think they would do it. This is not a great move. Uh, I thought uh, one of the offensive linemen would have been a better pick for the Jags there. I would have even thought maybe one of the wide receivers to go there. I know it was weird, too, because... Urban Meyer comes out and publicly says, our heart was broken that Kadarius Toney was not there. So it almost makes Travis Etienne feel like a consolation prize. And then it also tells LaVisca Chenault that, hey, we don't want you. 
we wanted Kadarius Tony, and your days are numbered. It's, it was really weird messaging from him. But back to James Robinson, it was one of my most polarizing tweets of the year. I had like over 150 likes, and it was a big engagement tweet. And I initially posted, it's ridiculous to think that James Robinson still can't be an RB2. Hey, look, I get it. You, he was a top five. and At one point, he was a top three running back on the season last year. But that was never sustainable. We were just talking about Christian McCaffrey and Zeke and James Robinson last year. You know, they, they redlined him all year. 92 or 93% snap share. And he got hurt, missed a couple of games, still finished top seven at the running back position. But gang, he's still going to have some use. It's a 17-game regular season. We're going to be pushing our dynasty seasons and our regular seasons out through week, week 16. Stands to reason that that Travis Etienne will miss a game or two. And that's just how it is. James Robinson's going to have more than enough value. Now, his depressed perceived value in the market, you'll never get anything back near what you want no. or would have paid. So all you can do is hold and relax. Does, does that make you, are you going to break the computer now? No, listen, I, I think it's fair. I just think the initial snap reaction was well, James Robinson's value is dead. It's and, it's the and, and and this is speaking of snap that well I snapped when I went so the James Robinson had me on tilt, you know had me had me like I was like a pinball machine if you know what one of those are if you ever go to a classic arcade they were shaking me a little bit and then the Javonta Williams couldn't overcome Melvin Gordon broke me if you are listening to accepting a plus b lazy ass narrative advice on any kind of platform, you are doing yourself a tremendous disservice. You know, what's the general statement? If the public's all running one way, you had better turn and run the opposite direction. You know, a lot more people watch the Kardashians than watch the news. Doesn't make it right, just makes it popular. I'm, I'm going to look on being uh, a little bit more neutral on, on takes uh, my, my guy is going to be a little bit contrarian, Jerry. My, my take is not A plus B equals C. Because the, 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 the random slap dick out there is going to be like, uh, Memphis, you said it was stocked down for Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Drew Locke. They're going to be, but Memphis, they didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't do anything. That's fine, but this is the long game. This is the long game. You know, this year's Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and Drew Locke, what are the odds they're still in those positions next year? Not very damn good. You know, the Vikings took Kellen Mond. I've heard him called this year's Jalen Hurts. Uh, John Gruden seems to want to set Derek Carr on fire daily. It, it, even though I think Drew Locke's the starter to start the season, they brought Teddy Bridgewater in for a reason. So all of these guys may be a Band-Aid, a bridge, a whatever you want to call it for your Superflex rosters in 2021. But I think you're looking at next year's, you know, Mitch Trubisky's. You know, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you get like a, a one-year bridge guy out of a Derek Carr. And I'm not even so sure you get that out of Kirk Cousins. So, and, and the market's going to be flooded next year with guys just like this. You know, even if Cam and Jimmy Garoppolo hold off Trey Lance and hold off Mac Jones, guess what? Those guys are going to be on the market this time next year. This time next year, you're going to look up and you're going to have a bunch of journeyman quarterbacks between 29 and 35, and they're going to be your QB2, maybe QB3, and you're going to look around and you're literally going to go, shit, 
I don't have a QB two or three. And you're going to go, shit, I don't have a draft pick to get me a QB two or QB three. Because the NCAA is going to give us another three to five quarterbacks. There's the Slovis. I'm not, I'm not the Devy guy. Jerry's kind of the Devy guy. Nick Whalen's a Devy guy. Kane Fassell's a Devy guy. You know, uh, Ray Garvin's a Devy guy. But I know there's the Slovis kid. There's the Sam Howell kid. There's the Spencer Rattler kid. There'll be another other couple of kids that pop up along the way. And the NCAA is going to give us another three to five quarterbacks next year. And I'm gonna we're going to do this as a show topic next week. We're going to do guys that are in the crosshairs this time next year. So th- th- this year's class is done, Jerry. This year's class is done. The old, the old country expression, the haze in the barn, we're done. It's on to 2022. Now we're just setting rosters in 2021. We're making some final moves, some tweaks between now and the start of the regular season. we got to start prepping our rosters for 2022. I'm always one step ahead. Uh, who, who is your number two? Who does number two work for? I was trying to think of the the phrase about calling the dogs in. It's like piss on the fire and call the dogs in. Is that what it is? That is from the American cinematic classic Smokey and the and the Bandit. Time to piss on the fire, call in the dogs. Yeah, that's right. That that's when things are over. Uh, I'm with you on all of that. The problem is, is two of those guys already have dog crap value in Derek Carr, and Drew Drew Locke. At some but point, you know you'll what? be able... you can still play him. Derek Carr agree, was the QB thirteen. He was the QB thirteen on the season was he last really? year. God, yes. That's something. In, in, in standard basic bitch ESPN score, yeah. you know, four, four point passing touchdown, one point per twenty five yards. But yeah, he was the QB thirteen, and he missed like a game and a half with a groin. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's something. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to have value because he's going to score, but. My my second guy is another guy that just ripped the heart from my chest when they took Jamar Chase, Cincinnati. As a Lions fan, I was happy that Panay Sewell fell. As a person that loves T. Higgins, I hated every second of that. I This is the same thing over again with the James Robinson argument. His value is not dead. You know, none of that. He's still an elite prospect. He is proven himself in the NFL. Jamar Chase, I'm I'm going to sound like I'm downplaying him right now. I'm not entirely, but he did miss an entire season. You know, he he really has the one year of productivity. He's also an elite prospect and he's going to get Joe Burrow hopefully. Hopefully at the start of the year we get Joe Burrow cuz that offense will be fun if they can keep the man upright. It'll be one of the really exciting offenses in the NFL, but T Higgins didn't die. He's still what? Like 23. He's shown he can do it. Don't go panicking. He, he, this dude is another hold. Just, just chill. Let the season play out. Here's the thing that people are overplaying right now that I just don't understand. Joe Burrow and Jamar chase are teammates. They played a year at LSU. So that means that he is only going to target Jamar chase. Well, here's the thing. T. Higgins and Joe Burrow played for a season in the NFL in this exact offense. They know this offense, so I don't want to hear that dumbass argument. They have played together equally, so I don't want to hear the past teammate thing because it's irrelevant. It is erroneous. It is absurd. Don't want to hear it. It sucks. It sucks. It caps his ceiling, no doubt about it, but he's still a great wide receiver that can dominate corners, and he's young. And if there is 
anything that I can tell you about this league is if young wide receivers can beat corners early, they will continue to be able to do that into the future. And if you have a young wide receiver that can beat corners, he's somebody you want on your team, regardless of who else is on the team. If both of them can shit on the NFL, that is even better for people like you, me, Randy, and everybody else that's listening across this planet. Especially if you're a Joe Burrow owner, there's a winner for the season too. But I I, I just come off the cliff. Do not sell T Higgins because T Higgins is still going to have monster games because he's a great wide receiver. Jamar Chase is new. Jamar Chase is shiny. Jamar Chase is a bad mother. I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay that at all. I'm just saying, I think Joe Burrow is talented enough to make both of them relevant. And one might be better than the other. We don't necessarily know that it's Jamar Chase. Just because you can be have a better profile as a prospect does not necessarily mean that you are going to do that in the NFL. So pump the brakes a little bit. Take a breath. Do not throw your computer off of your desk. I know it's a, it's a problem I have. Randy, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase takes, my friend. Oh, well, well, for me, this is not necessarily the bad thing that people would want it to be. Because the Cincinnati Bengals under Zach Taylor, they attempt, uh, th- their attempts per game passing dipped a little bit last year once Joe Burrow got hurt. But the year before, they attempted over 600 pass attempts. So if you're throwing the ball 600 times a game, and you play in a division where you have to play the Baltimore Ravens, and you're going to be behind and have to throw the ball. You're going to play, as much as it pains me to say, an improved Cleveland Browns team, and you're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to play a Pittsburgh Steelers team that can obviously put up points. This is a team that's going to throw the ball upwards of, what, 40 times a game? and That that might be a conservative estimate. So 40 times a game, and let's say Joe Burrow completes – 65%. 65%. He's going to complete 28 balls a game. We'll just start doing some simple math, guys. It's it's if, you know, T. Higgins can get four or five catches and Jamar Chase can get five or six catches and hopefully Drew uh, Drew Sample gets a couple, two, three catches. And, you know, Tyler Boyd's going to get some catches. That was his own selfishness coming out Hey, right there. whoa, 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 whoa. Drew Sample is a deep buy and tight end premium. I don't care what anybody says. He avoided he avoided competition in this draft. He's a low-key winner in this all this, too. Hashtag Drew Sample. But he's the, he, so, so two years ago, I was on Austin Hooper. Last year, I was on the guy who got hurt, Blake Jarwin. This year, I'm on Drew Sample. But there's more. But, but the long and the short of it is there is more than enough to go around in Cincinnati and we've we've seen Joe Burrow put it in the air. I, I like it a lot for everybody. Um, I would much prefer T. Higgins in like a, I'm in a best ball dynasty league, 16 owners, and I would much prefer T. Higgins in that format than like a weekly, um, I have to determine my own starters type format because you never know when the big weeks may come. But that doesn't mean that T. Higgins is still not going to have a nice season. So uh, I, I have no problem with that. My, my next one, is Devontae Parker. Now, literally, as Dynasty G is, we waited four years. We went into year five. And what did Devontae do? He come through with that oh-so-sweet 1,200 yards receiving, nine-touchdown season. Man, it was glorious. Played all 16 games, started 14. And then what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. He bounced back and forth between Tua and Fitzmagic. 
He only had 800 yards, I'm rounding, 793 to be specific, and four touchdowns. And you go back over his six-year career, he's got 4,200 yards and 22 TDs. So what's that tell you he is? Well, unfortunately, it's a guy who's going to get you 700 yards on the season and maybe four TDs. And that was before they brought in Will Fuller and before they brought in the second tight end in Hunter Long and before they drafted Jalen Waddle. And, and, and just more and more and more. And, and I don't see this being a super wide-open offense. I, I just De, – Devonta Parker at this point – Devonte Parker, excuse me, is really a best ball play. It stinks. Um, if you drafted him in a startup last year, you probably had to way overdraft him because you were expecting that, that miracle from 2019 to repeat itself. To repeat, yeah. And it didn't, and it won't, and I'm sorry – and I'm sorry. So, Devontae Parker, um, you're nothing but dust in the wind. So, Devontae Parker was one of the biggest, if not the, he feels like Alshon Jeffrey from a couple of years ago. Had a, had a, had a couple of nice seasons with, uh, with Carson Wentz, never to be heard from again. I was literally going to say he is like a poor man's Alshon Jeffrey. It is no wonder that, that you are the best at true. this damn game. And, and but, but at least Alshon had a couple of real nice years his first two or three years yeah. in Chicago. Injuries and uh, lack of quarterback kind of slowed him down, but the Devontae Adam, I'm excuse me, the Devontae Parker, it's it's over, guys. We're going into year 7. He's a jag at this point. Last and guy, Jerry. I, I mine's like a a series of guys. It's just like building upon Devontae Parker. It's all of these Either they've had little spikes of value or people have just talked about them for too long. There's just so many guys that are just like, like wide receiver threes that you, you play like three times a year. And they're the guys that are thrown into every single trade that ever happens. Like Devonte Parker, Corey Davis, Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk, like all of these guys. Like they're bums. Like I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like we, we could have talked about Corey Davis. Like it, it was a new, exciting move. You know, he goes to the Jets. Wilson is gets drafted second overall. You know, it, it, Denzel Mims. He showed a little bit, but he didn't show a lot. Like Corey Davis could easily be the guy there. He doesn't have to deal with AJ Brown, who's an absolute freak. And then they draft Elijah Moore, and he sort of looks like he could be in that AJ Brown sort of mold. And, you know, I just I, – I don't love it. I, I think Corey Davis lost in that fight. I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be better than Zach Wilson is this year. I think that he's got other wide receivers there, and I don't know what in the absolute hell that Robert Sala is going to do on offense. If I had to guess, I would guess it is not just force-feed Corey Davis. And the same thing could be said about Robbie Anderson, who's sort of a jag to begin with. You know, and, and they brought in Terrence Marshall, and it's, I don't know. And, and, I mean, I could shit on Christian Kirk up and down this podcast for hours at a time, but they brought in Rondale Moore. Like, if I if I want Christian Kirk and I want him to actually be good, it would be Rondale Moore, and that's what they did. So I just, there's a lot of guys. You know, we we talked about this in, in, in season, that there was going to be a lot of these jag running backs that were just going to be unemployed. Same thing with the wide receivers. The NFL draft kills just the mediocre parts of your dynasty roster every year. 
And yet for some reason we still keep them around and it's just such a bad strategy. Those mediocre bum ass guys, you need to get rid of them and just take lottery pickets, lottery tickets in the, in the form of draft picks or, or just anybody. Cause these guys are just not helping you. They're not helping you win a championship. They're not helping you grow because they're not going to spike into the next Antonio Brown. It's just piss poor strategy. The NFL draft does it every single year. And guess what? This time it's these guys and it'll happen again next year. And the year after that, and the year after that, learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. And and ask yourself, and and I'll give you just a little tidbit of what I'm going to be covering in our Patreon exclusive pod this coming week. Just ask yourself, is this repeatable? Is this sustainable? I'll go back to Devontae Parker. We could have, and and I'm guilty. I have some Devontae Parker out there. Guilty as charged, your honor. But if I go back there and and I look and I ask myself, is this repeatable? Is this an anomaly, you know? And if the answer is not an honest yes, you know, one of our sponsors I'm going to talk about here in the at the end of the show is Hate Brand Goods. And one of the mottos of one of the shirts they sell is it's, it's the answer is either fuck yes or it's no. And they have a shirt that says that, fuck yes or no. And if you look at a player's stats and you can't say to yourself, hey, is Zeke going to have a good 2020? Well, looking at the uh, his previous history, the answer is fuck yes. And if I had had that same philosophy last year when I looked at Devontae Parker, huh, 300-yard season, 400-yard season, 700-yard season, 1,200-yard season, is that is that repeatable? The answer would have been no. The answer is not repeatable. But I didn't. We want to believe that, you know, it's like Dogecoin. We'll keep going back to it. We could just call this one Doge stock yeah, up and yeah. stock down. We want to believe that it's going to go up forever. There is no down. At some point, there's a down. Is this repeatable? You have to have an exit strategy. And and, and, the, and and we've talked about this a lot here on the Dynasty Warzone. And I don't fall in love with college players because here's a secret. I don't watch much college football. Because if I had to watch college football on top of pro football, A, I would be divorced. And what would I need, <laughs> Dal- and what would I need Dallas for? If I have to watch it, what do I need Dallas for? Dallas watches it. He does great recaps. He sends it to me. So does Ray Garvin and... And all these guys who put out great Debbie content, I keep them in I keep them in the game because I support them. I want you to go support them because they do a great job. They keep me up to date. But you know what I know, Jerry? Every year it's been going on this way since about 2017. So we're about five years into this, the NCAA is giving us 20 to 25 wide receivers every draft. Just go to your rookie draft board and start scrolling down the wide receivers. I see one elite name. And a couple of guys I really like. I see one elite name in uh, Jamar Chase. And then I see some guys that I like in Smith, Waddle, Elijah Moore. And then I see a bunch of dudes that some of these dudes could hit. Terrace Marshall could hit. You know? some. But then, you know what? This time next year we'll be looking at, man, that guy's a jag. This guy's the next Christian Kirk. And I have one last guy. My last guy, Jalen Rager. Uh, I wanted Jalen Rager to hit. Uh, we've got PJ Kennedy in the chat saying Ray Garvin is a boss, and I love that dude as well, PJ. But uh, I know Jalen Rager was his boy, and I liked him a lot too. But this is a math-based take. Last year, Jalen Hurts attempted 148 targets, 148 passes, 37 targets per game, and in four games with Jalen Hurts as the QB, Jalen Rager managed to get 20 total targets. So four a game. He had 
11 catches in four games, so not even three catches a game for 124 yards. Now, I totally expect Hertz's game to come up a little bit, but who do we add? Who do we trade up for? Devonta Smith. There's a volume stealer. Who did we not trade away in Philadelphia? Zach Ertz, still there. Dallas Goddard, still there. Last year's dynasty folk hero and Travis Fulgham, still there. You've got a guy that I know, Nick Sirianni. You know, they'll tell you he was the offensive coordinator in Indy, but here's the dirty secret. Frank Ballard called, I mean, excuse me, Frank Reich called the plays. So we really don't know what, what you're getting with Nick Sirianni except a good game of rock, paper, scissors. And you're looking at ad- additional target competition. You're looking at a new quarterback. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. And it's a bummer. It's a total bummer to look at Jalen Rager, a guy that we all liked coming out of coming out of college. But he was a which way to do you go guy. You know, we thought he was landing in a great situation with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and this offense, and it was going to be great. And it's very, very fast how much this this changes. So I, I like Jalen Rager. I do not like Jalen Rager's situation. I think he's going to be lumped in in a couple of years with those guys. But, uh, Jerry, there is some veterans stock up and stock down. Uh, anybody that you want to throw in there just real quick, like some bullet point names? No, I I mean I sort of was spitballing with the uh with my rant on wide receivers, but I think Jalen Rager is another one of these interesting guys that we have to talk about. And just because you are good enough to get to the NFL, just because your profile fits a mold that gets you to be an NFL talent does not necessarily mean that you are going to translate to be a fantasy football and a dynasty asset. You know, PJ's talking about how he he traded Rager for a 2023 second. I ain't mad at you, bro. I'm not at all. It is. Listen, it's a, I'm not super sold on Jalen Hurts and I could be 100% wrong. I will eat every single wrong sandwich I ever do, no matter how much Randy farts into it. I just, Jalen Rager just seems like one of these guys that Debbie dudes just love. And, and and they're good, and they can get to the NFL. And then when you're starting them on your roster, and they're poop, you know that's that's the problem with this. You know, I, that's why I I love Debbie guys. I love them. I've sort of stepped away from the leagues just because there's way too many hype for Chuba Hubbard. How, how long we've been talking about Chuba Hubbard, Randy? Um, Where'd that man go? Many many he- moons. And, and you know what? I, because it, it's funny you mentioned that. I've got a friend of mine. She and I used to work together years ago. She has went on to become a board-certified psychologist. And I want to get her on here this summer. You know, because you get in the summer, you get, you know, how many buy and sell, stock up, stock down shows will we be doing this summer? And I want to have her come on and talk about the psychological attachment we have to to certain players. I want to talk about things like the James Robinson thing. I don't want to kick you when you're down because I know you and James have your thing. <laughs> But I mean, because I have my guys, you know, I want to know about that psychological attachment to certain players, because I think it creates a blind spot for us as as dynasty GMs. I I know that right now I am way, way over leveraged on Sam Darnold. And I know as much as I think that Sam Darnold can turn it around in this situation, I know there's an other side of that coin. So I am going to, you know, stay like what Bruce Lee say, be like water. 
going to continue to go with the flow. Um, I mentioned a couple other guys that I like. You know, Drew Sample, the tight end with the Bengals. I like Blake Jarwin. Another tweet that I tweeted over the weekend, Blake, the, the return of Blake Jarwin season. Uh, a lot of people like Blake Jarwin, apparently. Uh, I, I just, I'm always looking for this. I want, I want elite guys, like the elite elite, and then I want guys with upside. Dude, I'm so tired of carrying bums and, you know, just hoping that they can repeat the unrepeatable. And by the way, I wanted, I wanted to share one with you on your boy, Elijah Moore. Are you ready on the way out? If you stuck around yeah. the full hour, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on Elijah Moore. Now, I know he's a different physical size than Cooper Cup, okay? But the offensive coordinator in New York is Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt, and a guy who spent time with Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, that whole crew. And I really see Elijah Moore being to Zach Wilson what Cooper Cup was to Jared Goff in L.A. with the Rams, the security blanket. Hey, I trust this dude. This dude can line up in the slot when I need him, and he's a way better athlete than Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cup's another one of my dudes, but if I could give you a comp today, just based on my opinion, how I think they'll use him, if if I could see anyone being a Cooper Cup plus, it's going to be Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore, sorry to say Elijah Mitchell, that's the running back, Elijah Moore. That I mean, again, he's five inches shorter. Believe it or not, Cooper Cup feels like a Wes Welker, a Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman. He's actually six foot two. He's more Jordy Nelson in terms of stature than he ever would be a Wes Welker. But I really, really like Elijah Moore, and I continue to wind up with more and more of more on my draft board. But there you go, Jerry. There's some stock up, stock down. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some guys that were looking to fade already after next season. So some guys that we're going to be looking to move off of. And then Sunday night, you're welcome if you're not working. Dallas and I are going to get some guys together, and we're going to do uh, another mock draft like we did last night on the FF SmackDown, that two-round, one-QB draft. We're probably going to go three-round, Superflex tight end premium mock draft, live on YouTube, live on Twitter, Sunday night. What do you think, Jer? Well, I think it'll be great until we get to the third round, and then I'm just going to start picking names out of a hat because I think that, it, that's gets, where you're it gets so it gets so that's ugly. But that's our job. That's our job. Our job. Just, it, it's also is, my job to tell the people that it's a barren wasteland of talent. You, you know, we do a lot of movie references here on the Dynasty Warzone, right? Yes, we the, do. The, 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 the great scene with the the one dude and um, Gary Oldman, who's playing Commissioner Gordon. He's like, I hope one day you had a friend like I had who will plunge his hands in the filth so your hands can stay clean. Jerry, that's our job. Our job is to plunge it's our so hands. It's so much filth, though. It's our job to plunge our hands in the <laughs> filth of the second and third round so that the listeners and the content consumers here at the Dynasty War Zone do not have to plunge their hands into it. And when they do... They'll be more prepared because we uh, we mocked it out for them. But, man, great show. Uh, glad we got this one on the books. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, buddy. Listen, uh, oh, we're having so much fun. It's rookie draft season, baby. Randy, let's go. Let's yeah, we, go. Both, I, I, we both have to get back to, like, 47 rookie drafts. And that's on top of the ones I, I'm helping I'm on, our patrons with. I'm on the clock in at least two. All right, so one last thing. Uh, check out my buddy Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. If you're a Star Wars fan, we're recording this on May the 4th. They have a new Star Wars-inspired shirt because, called This Is The Way. The normal hate brand logo is old-school like pirate pistols 
crossed over. And they've got a This Is The Way t-shirt with Mandalorian blasters crossed over in an X. And uh, it's a great shirt. Check it out over at thehviii.com. And if you pick one up, use promo code MEMPHIS, you will save money at checkout. And you will be supporting the show. So thanks for tuning in. On behalf of that man, he is Jerry Sinclair at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can find me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. We'll catch you guys back real soon. Thanks for tuning in. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the patreon is the uh the group chat tell you what these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.